0: Welcome, Chris and Rachel. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much. We're so excited to be here, Jocelyn.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Can't wait to, to have this conversation.
0: So I want to just talk briefly about, um, uh, we talked about podcasts being really, really good for things to do in the car and, and, and other ways to educate yourselves. Any any other ways that we might be able to find some other high-quality CEUs for the AAC world?
1: Yeah, so it, it, it's funny you use that term too, CEUs, right? Um, so my background is speech-language pathology, but about three years into my career is when they asked me to be a, I'm the founding member of an assistive technology team in my school. And ever since then, I now I think of myself as like a inclusive design assistive technology person with a speech-language pathology background. Mm. And I keep up with my Cs, but I don't think of my professional learning in the context of CEUs I just think what do I want to learn about like what am I curious about what's what am I after what am I missing you know um, so a uh, great tools for me especially um, uh, now it's in the news again in positive maybe light I don't know because there's big changes happening but I, So so many years have worked on Twitter. I know I'm the Twitter person, Rachel's the Instagram person, and those sorts of social media um, where you can reach out, you can lurk. So uh, there are hashtags that you can follow and just kind of learn from them. Uh, One huge, hugely impactful hashtag in my life um, has been the actually autistic hashtag. So if you look at like the Asha, Um, the definition of evidence-based practice, right? We often think about, and I almost start almost every presentation I do with this question, like, how do we know what we're learning is actually something that's valid, right? Well, (laughs) A lot of people will tell you, well, what is the research saying? Okay, it's no brainer. Right? It's the research saying. Mm-hmm. Second is, what are the professionals saying? But they, we often leave out, and it's certainly in other disciplines, it's left out, this third component of what have the clients, what have the people who these strategies are meant to help say has worked? So listening to actually people who um, who are AAC users, who have come out the back end and have said, I can say whatever I want to say, however I want to say it, and I can use Generative language, and I use the a QWERTY keyboard, and, or whatever the keyboard is. I can say whatever I want to say. Here's how I did it. I feel like that's super important for any SLP, any anyone, anyone really trying to learn more about this kind of stuff is listen to those people. So, actually, autistic is a great hashtag to follow because they talk about these are people sharing stories um, about their lives in a way that it's meant to educate others. And sometimes it's like good positive, And sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I did that once upon a time. I should probably stop doing that, right? Or I'm currently doing that. How can I change my behavior, the language I use, my perception, because that is not necessarily getting the goal that I wanted of for my own professional learning.
0: Hmm. That's very helpful. Thank you. Uh, I, I have never been a Twitter person, (laughs) so I might have to, I might have to dig into that one a little bit (laughs) because it has been in the news a lot lately. Uh, Well, if
1: you're an Instagram person instead, whatever your social media tool might be, you know, social media often gets a bad rap, but it's just like any other tool. Do you know, like if, uh, if you use it wisely and you curate the people that you're following, then you're going to have a very different experience than, you know, you're just out there in the wild ex- experiencing, I'm going to put in air quotes, you know, social media, you know, in, on Twitter, you get to choose who you follow. So I follow other educators that I want to learn from. I try and follow people that challenge my thinking, you know, not just in, uh, form yourself into a little bubble of people that are just like you. And I think it's super important for rural SLPs, especially because of the fact that you can feel, I mean, I think most SLPs can feel isolated, even if you were in a large school, it's usually just, you're the, you're the one SLP, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Um. So finding your extended family, you know, if you're, your immediate colleagues are your, uh, your, 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 immediate family, then your extended family are these people that you can have authentic relationships with um, on social media. Mm -hmm. You know, Rachel and I are a great example. We had Rachel and I have known each other, I guess we're closing in on five years, but we did a a podcast together for a year and a half before we even met. And we met once for a couple hours over like nachos. And then we didn't see each other again for another year and a half, you know? (laughs) So these are very authentic ways you can meet and become friends with people and learn from each other.
0: Yeah. uh, Yeah. It's, it's very different now uh, with the technology that we have and it's more comfortable. I feel like since COVID (laughs) people are more, more, much more readily available to jump on a zoom call. It doesn't feel scary to some people. Agreed. Everyone's tech
1: skills went up, you know, so let's take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you are very, very busy as your intro (laughs) shows. Um, I want to touch base a little bit on your work-life balance in quotes. Uh, what do you think of that? What do you think of that? How does that work for you?
1: (laughs) What a fantastic question. Uh, I don't know that anyone has ever asked that before in any of the interviews I've ever done or anything like that. And it is, uh, something I struggle with Hardcore because um I'm in an age now where my kids are in middle school and high school. uh No more naps, right? Like, if you have a younger child, maybe still taking naps and just just coming
0: out of that. Oh, right. she stopped naps before she was a year old. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I used to take yeah we did that not nap get time. naps with this one. <laughs>
1: How about early to bed though like maybe you know six seven o'clock
0: yeah she sleeps solid for for 12 hours pretty much so
1: (laughs) so i would take advantage of those times in the evenings but now um an important part for me is to um include my kids whenever possible Mm -hmm. so for instance uh, i'm currently doing a um creating a course for um for accessible materials and my daughter is an artist. So she is doing some of the art that'll go along with this course. And we work together on it. And we find ways to work together that way. Um, I do a lot in the gaming space and accessible gaming and talking about AAC users and people playing games to learn content rather than doing some sort of awful experience and then getting to play games. Like it's not a reward at the end, we can meet it together and have fun. Um, and that's such a, a integral part of what I do. And so my kids help me with that a lot. So, and my wife has been integral in that as well. So it's still a struggle because there's like, okay, when's the best time? Okay, my son's working tonight. So I guess I'll work tonight. And then on this night, he's not. So maybe we can do some games together or we'll watch a movie together or something like that. We'll we'll be able to get together. It's always a a struggle though, um, to try and balance that out, you know?
0: Yeah, um, I I feel like a lot of um, speech therapists end up, being uh identifying as a speech therapist in most of our life outside of our work <laughs> and like it becomes our identity and then it just becomes too hard to find that time outside of work you know with your kids or whatever you know you have going on in your uh, that's separate from your work <laughs> it's very very easy to get to tie down into that I think <laughs> for
1: sure for sure well it can feel like you can never turn it off yeah. you know Um, and so I, I do find everyone, I think it's important for people to find their outlets. I know, um, I'm a big podcast person. Obviously we do a podcast, but I like to listen to podcasts. So I try and schedule that out and say, I'm going to listen to a podcast that's not SLP or education related. It's a fiction podcast or something like that. And I'll weave that in, um, okay, Fridays are my, my Fridays are my podcast day. That is not work. You know what I mean? Or something like that.
0: Yeah, very true. Uh yeah, we were talking a little bit about, you know, listening to podcasts in the car. Um, I I had a I I listen to audiobooks a lot more now, but I used to listen to a lot more podcasts. Um and I would have like I don't know, I would listen to them at double speed so I could get through more of them. I mean, it was just insane. I had an insane number of podcasts that I listened to. But there would be, you know, the speech ones, there would be the parenting ones, there <laughs> there would be the fun ones and the the comedy ones and the <laughs> uh yeah you just got to have a broad range
1: <laughs> well I'll tell you a, a great strategy there again with your daughter or anyone who has younger kids is to so often you you just listen to music in the car right which is great I mean everyone loves music but turning on those podcasts and listening to stories um and then especially with your speech brain we can help visualize what those stories are you know and create those pictures and my wife and I years ago we did a podcasting had just come out around 2005. And uh, there was all these people that were putting out their books. They're, they were had written their books. They couldn't get them published. So I said, well, I'm going to put them out as a podcast. Well, my wife and I looked at that space and said, nobody's doing that for children's books. So we wrote, um, we have 62 uh, episodes and then a little novella that we've done all children's stories that we would write we wrote together when the kids were young and then we put them out as podcasts so it's called nightlight stories uh check it out and you might enjoy it you and your and, and anyone else listening might find we say it's stories for kids of all ages you know so i feel like it,
0: we've listened to that one yes <laughs> i didn't realize i didn't make that connection until just this week yeah <laughs> I think we listened to that one. Well, thank
1: you for listening.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll have to listen to it again. (laughs) Different perspective, I guess. Good. All right. And where can we find more about you?
1: Yeah. So check out the podcast at talkingwithtech.org. We have many, many, many episodes. Now Uh, we put out the one episode a week. Uh, Usually the way that works is the first 15 to 20 minutes is Rachel and I having some sort of banter back and forth on some sort of topic related to AAC or something that's happening in our world. Uh, And then we roll into an interview. I say that's usually the case, but uh, sometimes we have recordings from live events we've done. And sometimes uh, we do what's called small talk episodes where we've invited People who have been the guests on the podcast to come back and just give a, a seven minute or less strategy or something like that. We weave them all together into a small talks episode. So there's there's a, a variety there. You never know what you're going to get every every week. It's a little surprise. We have a Patreon that goes along with that uh, to support the team that we have. Rachel and I are the ones that are the hosts of the podcast, but we uh, we have an audio engineer and a producer that do tons of work behind the scenes to make it sound great and look great and be awesome. Um, and so we want to pay them and podcasting, we don't get paid for Right. So it's all volunteer through Patreon. Uh, and we have a nice Patreon following that also, uh, we put out content, um, bonus content for the Patreon crew. So you can check that out at patreon.com slash talking with tech and let's see. And then for me, Oh, you can check out Rachel over at rachelmadel.com And then you can check out me over at chrisbouguet.com. We are sometimes presenting separately, but oftentimes you can find that we are presenting together. Like Rachel said, we do this coaching talk, really talking about how to build up the skills of communication partners. And then um, we do all sorts of stuff about how to design educational experiences with language at the heart of that.
0: Great. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you for having me on.